Okay, it's recording. You're on. All right. You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. Well, the Macworld Expo's Apple's keynote let out about, oh, a half hour ago, and uh, John Nemirovsky and I spent a, a good hour and a half at the uh, North Hall this year, John, and yeah, we got to see the last Apple keynote with Phil Schiller, and uh, let's start there. Phil Schiller's job, I think he did a fantastic job. Um, it, it's not a glamorous job when you don't have some sexy brand new product, but, you know, it, it's one of those things that... <clears throat> You're in an, almost a no-win situation. If he doesn't come out with a great brand-new product that no one's ever seen before, everyone's going to say, oh, well, you know, Jobs wasn't there, so he didn't get to introduce anything cool. But if he does a really good job, people say, well, you know, he didn't have anything great to introduce, so how could you not do a good job? I personally found him very entertaining. He, he does a really good job on stage. What do you think? Well, Phil is not a natural showman. He's well-rehearsed. And he knows what he's talking about. In other words, he's been through the routine many times. He understands and believes in the product. But there wasn't the buzz in the hall that I anticipated. And right from the very beginning, there just we didn't have the energy. We didn't have the energy out in the lobby. We didn't have the energy in the hall prior to the, adri- the his address. And I missed that. Do you, do you think that was because it was Phil Schiller doing it? Or because Jobs wasn't there? Or it's just something... Nobody was really expecting a, uh, a greatness at this expo. The energy is an intangible. And some years we've had fantastic energy, and the keynote address has been a dud. Other years we've had energy or not, and the address has been fantastic. So it was. I think there's a natural sense that the balloon has been deflated somewhat. And this is one of the results. It's totally independent of what he says and how he says it, because I agree with what you said. But... There's still not, it's more of like a corporate presentation. I mean, I'm a professional speaker, professional presenter. I or someone of greater stature than I could have given a more whiz-bang presentation, but it wouldn't have been the senior VP from Apple. I have to say that uh, year after year we say how much press is showing up, so they have to limit access to the keynote. This year only you and I from MyMet got in. Um, we had the, the rest of our people didn't get into the keynote. And yet, from where you and I sat, we actually didn't sit in the press, John. We sat a row behind the press, and we had all this legroom. It was great. But we're looking at the press section, and it was half empty. I'm not sure my eyeglasses are working properly. There were not only empty seats in the keynote hall. There were somewhere between dozens and maybe a couple of hundred. I'm just going to let that sort of... Yes, and I'm... I'm I'm still in a state of shock over that. I I, can't I think that's understand. I think that's because it wasn't Steve Jobs. I think he is the draw for this keynote. But it's immaterial now because that's the last MacWorld Expo keynote. Uh, they had Tony Bennett come out at the end and say the best is yet to come. I wonder how the people at IDG felt with Apple keep saying this is the last expo because it's not the last expo. It's just Apple's last expo. Well, we were talking about this in the media crush just before we went in. And there are two schools of thought. One school of thought is the party's over. It's been fun. The expo may or may not succeed. Another school of thought says we're in a transition period. The next two years are going to be make or break, and IDG has its work cut out for it. So this is going to be something that we'll know a year from now, but we won't know until a year from now. That's, uh, not a lot of sexiness was uh, announced. Most of you listening to this podcast have already been following it online. 
So the big three things that were announced, actually there's four, but we'll, we'll stick with the big three right now. iWorks, iLife, MacBook Pro 17-inch, and I'll throw in number four, all DRM in the iTunes Store are going away by the end of this year. I think, personally, that is huge news. We're going to start over here with Mark Rudd, uh, senior correspondent Mark Rudd, <laughs> here in San Francisco, California. So what, what was the big announcement for you, Mark? I know you're, you're a little bit disappointed, but uh, what was the big announcement for you? What are you most excited about? I think, for me, it's going to be the iTunes DRM-free of course, we were all kind of thinking about wondering if our back catalogs that we already have that we purchased from iTunes would be able to be updated to be DRM-free. And uh, I, I actually believe that the uh, 69 cents for the back catalog is going to be fairly big because I, I... I have to agree. 69 cents, 99 cents, $1.29. Yeah. That's the three-tier pricing. Yeah. I, what I am figuring is the hot new song, $1.29. A lot of things, 99, but the back catalog. Right. If you're in the 80s music, that stuff's all going to be 70 cents now. Everybody in this room, at least, and I think most of the people who are going to spend the most money, I mean, you're going to have the kids that are going to go in there and spend $10 here or $5 there, but the people who will spend the large amounts of money in the iTunes store will be looking at the back catalog and buying more. I know I'm going to. I'm going to go back and look at it and probably buy some more stuff. So. 69 cents. There you go. 70 cents. You can buy two songs, two older songs compared to one newer song. Exactly. Uh, I don't know what the album pricing is going to do because they didn't say, but most albums are nine ninety nine. Um, but that's we'll see. It, it might be cheaper. One of the one of the things that to me we were talking about Guy and I and and Artie, we were talking about the thing that it seems to me it seems to me that um, Steve lost this battle. This is exactly what all the music companies wanted. They wanted a multi tier pricing, and maybe it had to happen. But that was something Steve was fighting tooth and nail, I remember, pretty much for the last few years. Well, I think that the whole 99 cent per song, make it standard across iTunes, was to get that a standard, not the price, but iTunes. Whatever music you're going to buy in iTunes was 99 cent. But remember, it's been what? Uh, a year and a half ago that we first got iTunes Plus, right. and those songs are $1.29. Yeah. That changed the structure then. All this did was introduce a new pro- price point at $0.69. Cents. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing, guys. Sir, what do you think? $0.69, cent, a lot of the music that you might like, a lot cheaper. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. Um, did, uh, did they say anything about what the, uh, the bit rate was going to be? Well, if it's DRM free, it's going to be two, the two fifty six. Yeah, eventually all two fifty six. Okay, well then that that's great. Bec- and, but again, as long as I can take the stuff that I, that I already have that's DRM at one twenty eight, if I can update that to two fifty six and DRM free, I don't even mind that it's going to be tagged with my name and all the rest of that because I don't share music on you know I don't I don't put my stuff out. But you want to be able to use that on any device at any time you want and not worry about DRM. Oh, exactly. You know, and that's you know it, it it's basically it's a good thing all around. I'm not really surprised that Apple kind of caved a little bit as far as pricing goes. In order to become DRM-free, they had to give something up. And if being allowed to have some more control over their own catalogs, be it you know, a slightly higher price for the newer stuff, I don't think that's, that's too high of a price to pay. I'm, I'm happy with the price point. I think that... Uh a lot of coverage is going to give, be given to the iTunes price point. I think that's probably the biggest story for me personally that came out of here. But uh, I have to say, I have a lot of photos in my iPhoto library. 
And at the end of this month, the end of January, Apple's going to release, release iLife 09. And I'm very, very excited with iPhoto 09. It looks extremely polished. The new face recognition software, and to be able to tell iTunes who this person is, and it goes through your entire library and finds those people. I, one of the things, that, because I'm a parent and I've got kids from one years old up to 14 years old, I'm wondering is that face recognition software going to be powerful enough to recognize my 14-year-old is the same person when she was five? So that's going to be kind of fun. Yeah, it will probably take me a long time to kind of tag everything. But when the last iLife 08 came out and I started using events, I liked it so much better, and I and I made a big deal of this. I like it so much better than creating photo albums, and I actually organized all my iPhotos. Faces is going to give me the opportunity to, to organize it even more so. One more step. So, Artie, a lot of it will be automated. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, we'll see how yeah, how well that works. works. Yeah. Proof is in the pudding. So Artie is here. Artie, I read your blog and uh, you, yeah. you made it all the way to doing, San Francisco. So it's good, good to see you. you. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Guy hold this and talk to you for a little okay. bit, so I'm not stretching over. Good idea. Love the new look, by the way. Oh, I think the blonde hair. Really yeah. cool, blonde. So, so what are you most excited about? All the stuff that you saw today. Uh, I haven't seen anything yet, but uh, what I'm looking at. Uh, oh, well, for Christ's sake. What I'm looking at is uh, the, the photo stuff. Yeah. Um, I want to see what's going on with the printers. I like uh, I like your thing on the face recognition. I had no idea about that. This is I'm just learning about the just new iLife yeah. suite. It now. looks interesting. I mean, it, and it recognizes where the face is on a photo, and it says who is this, and you type in the name, and it will go through the rest of your library looking for that face. I think your question. I think your question about whether it will recognize your 14 year old when she was five is a valid question and a valid point. And if it does. How do they do that? Yeah, it's it's magic. And here's the thing: iPhoto is really used for the home user. Professional photographers are, are using Aperture and right. programs like that, Lightroom. They're not using iPhoto. So, the core demographic user for iPhoto is the family, and it's kids growing up, and it's you know people getting older. So you'll see photos from five years ago and ten years ago, but. That's grandma and grandpa, and they look different now. So how good is this face recognition software? How confident are you that it's actually going to work without a ton of work on your part? Yeah, I, if, I think that if you, if you tag everything the way you said, it sounds like it's going to work really good. I, I'm not exactly a, 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 an organization freak. As a matter of fact, if you read my blog, you'll see how disorganized I am. So I, I don't take a lot of time to organize everything the way I should. Um, but for some reason or other, um, uh, things are getting to the point where it's getting easier and easier to, to organize more and more uh, material because there's more and more material that everybody is, is accruing all the time over the last number of years. I don't know about you guys. I'm sure that's true, though. Uh, I have thousands of photos compared to the 10 years before that where I may have had hundreds. So now the capability is catching up with the need and I'm starting to see it myself and as lazy as I am I'll probably get sucked into it to use it because yeah. I, I'm going to have to just to keep organized I mean the one thing about the the digital camera revolution is it doesn't cost any money to take pictures I've got a two gig card in my camera here and I could take over a thousand pictures at six megapixels well I, I don't need that many pictures I'm never gonna look at that many pictures I'm gonna throw a lot of those out 
but it doesn't cost me anything to take pictures anymore. So you don't even think about it. You click, 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 click. But organizing them, it's it's such a bear. From what I'm seeing, and I, and I keep up on what's going on in the PC industry, but iPhoto really seems to be the number one, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, sandbox to hold all your photos. And the way they keep adding more and more of the ability to easily, well, we'll see how we, right, uh, yeah, we easily, but we think easy, to organize it, that's the key. We have to be able to quickly look, find the photo we're looking for and show it to someone. That's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, that, that's you, what I need. Do you think that iPhoto is any better than Aperture or uh, Adobe Bridge or any of those other applications that do pretty much the same thing, which is organize photos? Different um, kind of need. Yeah, it's, it's totally different. That's a workflow on how you um, manipulate the photos. iPhoto is really a, a big photo album Organization. where you would put your photos in all the time. And so it, it, it's two totally different beasts. One's a, a, a consumer product and one's a professional photographer's product. So what the professional photographer needs to sort by and organize by is totally different than what a family would need to sort by. So it really is two totally different things. So, Mark, you said you had a question on uh, iWork. Yeah, actually, um, you guys were there and you saw them begin to uh, demo the iMovie application. Okay, part of iLife. Yeah, yeah, part of iLife. And and I know we've kind of talked about it on the podcast we've talked about in the past about the fact that iMovie 08 just didn't quite cut it. I thought I thought iMovie 08 was a steaming pile of dog poo. Right. I think that's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty much a direct quote. Yeah. Right. And um, so what I was reading as I was looking at the live blog is that it seemed to me that they've added a new clip editor in iMovie 09. Did you, could you guys tell yeah, what it looks like? Yeah, it, 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 it looks like an updated pile of poo. <laughs> but just because you s- sprinkle some uh, uh, brute Fabergé number 45 on the poo, so now, it may still, smell a little better, but it's still poo. poo underneath. Um, you put lipstick on a pig, no exactly. No, it's a major upgrade, but I still think it's it's what it's still not there. It's still too automated and not allowing. iMovie HD control. from two and a half years ago is still I'm a still more powerful it. solution. But well, again, let, let, I don't know fair. yet. It's not released. Right. Yeah. Let, let, let's be fair. We also. You know, until we're, we have the chance to sit down and play with it and see how well some of the new editing features work, you know, one of the things it looks like they've added was uh, additional themes and additional edit, you know, ways to edit the movies, stuff that was taken yeah, out that's what I'm from 06 to 08, yeah. and now they're starting to put some of it back in. So, you know, how well the clip editor works is really going to be, I think, the key feature to whether or not iMovie uh, for iLife 09 is going to be significantly better than iMovie 08. One of the things that I was kind of surprised to see is a new online workflow system. It's called iWork.com. And I know a lot of people are probably looking at thinking, well, this is very innovative. This is very cool. And I went over to John Nemo and I said, "Um, you know, this is the Adobe Acrobat online workflow that I was using 10 years ago. In fact, what I was using 10 years ago was much more powerful than what I just saw with iWork. I don't know why iWork.com is is going to be interesting to anybody because it's outdated technology and it's it's not cross-platform, so it's only going to be used by Mac users. You have to have the suite of applications on your hard drive. I I'm very disappointed in that. I, it seems to be a test balloon to me. 
and I really expect that to fail. So it's supposed to be a workflow for all of the suite. It's well, no, for iWork suite, but it, it it's really old technology that they're trying to replicate. But it's so specific to their applications. This version, I just it's it's can't see how it would be having have how it would have an appeal wide or narrow to. Well, anyone. look, I I run a website. Uh, MyMac.com. People send me submissions every day. You guys all do. And I have to edit them, and sometimes I have questions. So you would think that the the iWork would be perfect for me. You guys write all your stuff in iWork and load it up here, and I'll go up there and I'll check and I can leave notes. Right. It, no. Yeah. It, it, I'm not even interested in it, and, and I'm uh, the type of person and that they would business. really... That's my business, <laughs> and it's, I'm not interested. Yeah. Yeah. If I wanted an online workflow, I would use the Adobe PDF online workflow. Right. It's cross-platform. So Mac and PC can use it, and it's much more powerful to set tool sets, and it's much more mature. So that's kind of a fail then. That's not really. A I think I think it's a that. I think it's a fail immediately. Yeah. Still in beta. It doesn't go live to the end of this month, um, and I'll look at it when it comes out. But I, I have zero expectation that it's going to succeed. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I absolutely. hope people use it, and this is exactly what they want. But I, I just don't see it. What about iWeb? Well, they didn't say they they didn't they said that iWeb's been updated, but we don't know what the update is yet. When we have a little bit more time, because John Nemo and I literally just came in from the keynote and sat right. down and started talking to you guys. Well, as soon as they started doing, as soon as they started talking about iLife 09, you know, they talked about iPhoto, they talked about iMovie. I was saying, okay, we're we're, we're, we're coming <laughs> up. You were. Yeah, we're, we're. I want to find out what's going <laughs> on with okay. iWeb Come because on, you know, I, I I love iWeb. I, I love the. The uh, the way the program is laid out and, and how basically anyone with absolutely no knowledge of HTML or CSS or, or any of the rest of those things can make a pretty decent looking web page. And I, I was I really wanted to see if there was a new workflow, and they just kind of skipped it. They just said, "Oh yeah, there's a new version coming out." I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Where's what? the rest of it?" Now you know Apple does have their mobile me service, but compared to the people that use Flickr and Facebook, it's Almost non-existent and insignificant. Well, they 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 kind of uh, no. There, there is well, they kind of did, but um, Artie, are you surprised that Apple is building in in iPhoto support for both Facebook and, and I, I got to say, from being in the demo watching how they were tagging people, and someone on Facebook would tag who the other person is on Facebook, and it changes it in your library, in your iPhoto library, it will say who that name is. I found that amazing technology, and I think that's something that a lot of people could take advantage of. Now, my first question is: Do you use Facebook or Flickr? I do. I have a actually, I have a, a Facebook, and um, I also have a um, what's the other Flickr? one? Flickr, uh, not Flickr, uh, Mobile Me. Mo- uh, no, the other one, uh, the porn site. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> So is no. is the Facebook plug the Facebook in? Facebook is, is just my personal thing. It's mostly to put up photos that I've done. And so just to keep them with this, after you've tagged people in your application in iLife, in uh, iPhoto, you can upload it to your Facebook, and those people's name will, will follow along right up to the service. And if there's someone in your photo that you didn't tag because maybe you didn't know who that was, somebody else could tag that, and it changes the photo. So you'll know who it is now. Then is that something that's – do you think that's cool, or is it something you use? I, th- I think it's an amazing thing. I don't see any um, use for me, uh, only because I don't think that far about photos. I just look – I just want to see pictures, and I just – I don't care who they are even. I just want to see if it's a good picture. 
And uh, if I know the people, it's great. If I don't know the people, then I just don't know them. And putting somebody's name on that, that I know them doesn't make me happy. Yeah, yeah uh, I hear you. You know what I'm saying? It's just uh, it's not anything that I can use. But uh, I think it's an amazing technology, and I can understand where um, not so much I, I can see people getting into it for a personal reason, but I can see businesses using these things, mm-hmm. uh, the same technology, to keep track of uh, uh, what's going on in their, in their products and their businesses and so on. I think it's incredible. Now, one of our uh, great relationships that John Nemo has cultivated over the years is with a software company to learn how to play music. And during the Macworld Expo, we get to see uh, the hot new feature in GarageBand called Learn to Play. You can literally buy these lessons on how to play a keyboard or guitar for around five bucks each. And uh, I leaned over to to John during this keynote, and I said, well, Apple just made a, a couple companies very, very unhappy. John, do you think that Learn to Play Music is going to be a big thing in GarageBand, and do you think some of our friendly comp- competition, some of these companies that we're friends with, do you think they have anything to worry about? I think it's going to happen in two directions. As a music teacher and a music educator and as a musician my entire life, I'll do anything to help people become comfortable with the music. But one thing I've learned, people cannot learn to play any instrument from looking at a computer screen. There's no substitute for having even your cousin Fred who played the guitar when he was in grade school, who's now, you know, getting ready for the old folks' home. You've never heard my cousin Fred play. <laughs> yeah, what are you saying about Fred? <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I think if it, if it encourages people and it motivates people, instead of frustrating people, it'll be fantastic. Our friends at eMedia Music and a couple of the other companies we've been working with, I, Artie's currently working with iVideo Songs. These are companies whose entire reason for existence is helping people learn how to be a, an instrumentalist. So my, my question would be then, because these lessons in GarageBand are for beginners, do you think that this could actually help, like e-music, do you think that this could help them? Because they've got the advanced lessons. They have got they go much farther than this GarageBand thing that Sting or John Fogarty is going to teach you how to play their famous song. This goes a lot farther than that. I think if it's like saying, does Guitar Hero help people become the next Jimmy Page or the next Jimi Hendrix? It all works together. The, the, the world of learning music is like nothing else because you have to sit down and you've got to do those scales and chords year after year. And if it helps people to do that and if it helps e-media, that's fine. But at the moment, until we actually see how well it works, well it works yeah. and how, how like quickly or slowly... Are you interested yourself in actually buying some of these lessons for four ninety nine? Um for maybe your students that when they come over, or for you yourself, you're kind of interested. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm encouraged by it. I highly recommend it, and I want to give it a try. Just for those of you who are listening, who are thinking about taking up an instrument, realize you're, there's going to be a little frustration. There's a learning curve. It takes a long time, and if you can have somebody helping you out, that's always better, whether it's Apple or anybody else. So that's the the software suites that were updated. iLife 09, iWork 09. The last big thing that we really have to talk about, uh, what are you pointing at, Guy? The prices? Yeah, the iLife, uh, iWork box set. Yeah, the, the box set. Now, that's going to come with iWork, iLife, and from what I was looking at, they showed Mac OS X box on there, too. So my question is, is does that include Leopard? Yes. That it was Leopard, too. So 169 Yes. for all three. Yes. That's a good price. Hopefully. Actually, you know, just, just, just having iLife and iWork for 169 is not bad. That was a good that's deal. not bad. That's a di- that is a discount. Yeah. 
But if you're going to, that's basically saying, okay, here's Leopard, here's you know OS ten point five, and for fifty bucks we're going to give you we're going to give you the entire iLife and iWorks. Yeah. Well, sixty bucks. I've got the quote on that. Yep. Leopard plus iWork plus iLife for one hundred sixty nine dollars. It's called the Mac Box Set. It's going to be available at the end of January. I'm wondering, and now they didn't say anything about Snow Leopard up no, on that stage. No, no, that I am wondering, at the end of January, when this box set comes out, is that Snow Leopard in that box, and that's how you get it? Or or what? I don't know. But we'll find out at the end of January. The other big announcement, 17-inch MacBook Pro. Unibody. Unibody. Incredible Matt. graphics, Matt long back, back life, extra 50 bucks to get the matte display. But the big thing that everyone's going to be talking about, let's get it out of the way right now before we wrap up this podcast, no removable battery. Guy Searle. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, people are going to make a big deal out of that, but I, I really don't believe it. It's, it's going to depend on how accurate they are with, with battery life as they stated it. Because they're basically saying that, Using the, the 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 integrated graphics, you know, not the not the the Nvidia, Nvidia card, right. but the integrated graphics, you can get eight hours of battery life, and that's I mean that's amazing. Eight hours of battery life from a seventeen. But people battery. don't want a removable battery for the most part because of battery life. They want a removable battery because batteries go bad. Right. And when your battery goes bad, you want to be able to go buy a new one or just swap a new one in and out. With an integrated battery, you're going to the Apple Store, Mark Rudd, to have this battery replaced. They're going to have to rip the bottom chassis out, put your new battery in, put it back together. You're down without a computer for Lord knows how long. You can't use it, and you're going to have to send it in, and then you're, if you, unless you have a replacement, you're kind of up a creek without a paddle. However, um, as an iPhone user, as an Air user, um, these are all calculations that I thought about before making those purchases and when you think of the life now they, they're purporting that you have a thousand full recharges on that battery so when you stop and think about how many years you might have out of that battery it could be and again it's all going to determine if it's true or not what they say if these numbers are true eight seven hours with the GT with the 9600 GT graphics that's the high end you can run that sucker for seven hours at the high end graphics and get a thousand charges out of it. I think people will make that connection and say, "You know what? I'll give it a try." There's going to be some, like we've seen already, some of the scuttlebutt around here where people are saying, "I'll never buy one of those." But I think there is going to be a market for people that will be willing to spend that kind of money if they can get those kind of performance numbers out of it. Um, again, we'll find out as yeah. as time goes on. Uh, we've got a full day here at the Macworld Expo ahead of us. We're going to start going out and visiting all the little vendors and uh, the big vendors and the ones hiding over in the corner. And uh, I know I'm looking forward to getting out there and getting on the showroom floor. It just opened about 23 minutes ago, the Expo showroom floor. So I need to get out there. The rest of the MyMac staff needs to get out there. So we wanted to get this early podcast in for you today. From this point on, during the rest of the week, you'll get one podcast a day. But today, because today's the keynote, we want to focus one podcast on the, the Apple announcements. So we did that. The rest of the podcast will be everything else going on here at the Macworld Expo. So we will be back in, uh, later tonight with another podcast. And I have no idea what the show will be about, so... I'm looking forward to it. I know, John, you've got a lot of... Yeah, absolutely. Excuse me for interrupting, but I just made a note of the four top things for me for any reason whatsoever. 
Number one is the new faces feature of iPhoto. I think that is gigantic. I think everybody from an experienced user, a pro user, down to a newcomer, I think the faces is tremendous. Number two, the Mac box for $169, including your two creative suites, for lack of a better term, for a little bit more than the cost of your system software, is a screaming deal. I think the iTunes DRM free, basically that all songs, all 10 million songs are going to be available for anybody and everybody at a fair multi-tier pricing schedule. I think that's going to be gigantic from a business as well as a consumer point of view. And I think the anti-glare 17-inch screen, with or without the battery, to me the anti-glare screen for professional users is absolutely essential. So those are, that's my big four, and I will be writing about that, and I'm going to be quoting somebody who, will call the, who we will call the contrarian who doesn't have such a high opinion as those of us in this room have had. So uh, thanks, John. With that, for Guy, Artie, Nemo, Mark, I'm Tim, and we'll be back later in the day with My Mac Podcast. I believe that one's going to be 119. This one's 118. So we're out of here from Moscone. See you guys later. Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast. <laughs>